0: Amen. Okay, so I'm going to start today's sermon with a question. Maybe you can uh, warrant a guess. But I'm going to ask, um, can you guess what is the longest time a person can hold uh, his or her breath? What's the longest time? What's the world record rather? Anybody can guess? Or will we let you try now? <laughs> huh? What is that? Alan, uh, what's that? Seven minutes. Okay, it's a bit more than that. Um, it's one that. And this is without aid, you know. That means you don't pump yourself with oxygen, with pure oxygen, they do that also. With pure oxygen, they pump you up, you, they prepare you, you can go for twice the length. Uh. But the world record for holding your breath is 11 minutes and 35 seconds. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty good. That's the world record. But you see, when you hold your breath for so long, something happens, your body will send you signals your lungs will tell you something is wrong, and your brain will, will, will shout, Reboot! You, know? it, you, you, cannot, you cannot hold for long. And then you get giddy. You can feel that. Huh? You get faint, and it's not because you're out, out of oxygen. It's because you've accumulated too, too much uh, carbon dioxide. So then something happens. You feel disoriented. You, you get confused, right? Then, then you experience loss of coordination. You can't think straight. Huh? How many of you are like that now? But you know what happens, right? When you hold for so long, something in you wants to resume breathing as fast as possible. So that's the analogy of the state of our world today. We are holding our breath. And we are holding our breath maybe a bit too long. One ling told us last week, he said, we are willing to settle for next normal. eh? Not just new normal. We don't know where new normal, but I'm willing to settle for next normal. Because let me tell you, we can't hold our breath that long. Okay, so we are, the world is waiting, and so it has impact on us. And so, continuing our series, uh, we, we spoke about transition in the family and then transition at work. Today, I want to talk about the self, you and me, the self in transition. It has affected us in many, many ways. Singapore, like the rest of the world, um, we, we see these three things happening we are socializing less we are working more, and the mental well-being is really on the decline because we have never felt as vulnerable, as challenged as we are today. We have never felt life as fragile and the certain things, turns of events that can happen overnight. We have never experienced that. But this prolonged pandemic has caused a historic worldwide spike in what? Worldwide spike in panic attacks, in depression, in uh, suicidal ideation, that means the entertaining of uh, suicide, and substance dependence and abuse. So if you yourself or you know someone else is going through what I've just mentioned, we want you to know that that there are resources, there is help and hope within REACH. Okay, our REACH, uh, the social arm of Grace. And if you want to contact Grace, you can also call the Grace Helpline. So I'm going to leave that on for just a short while for you to capture the QR code while I continue. Now, part of the problem we're facing is that we are in a kind of a paradox. It's not a straightforward thing. We are in a paradox. Safe distancing has caused isolation. But when you have to work from home and when you have virtual classrooms, the home becomes very crowded and claustrophobic and, and you're shouting for, what, more space. Then, you know, for introverts like, like me, we celebrated in the beginning. Because as an introvert, uh, you, you, you don't mind having lesser person-to-person kind of contact. But what happened? In Zoom, it gets intense and people are in your face, you know. So that's the paradox. Now, we, we say, oh, we have saved time commuting to work. For those of us uh, working from home, we save time. And we can save a lot of time. But what's the problem after that? The problem uh, is we blur the line between work and rest. And actually, we work more, you know. And now, some of us actually don't mind commuting time, because that's the time. eh? We can get away from work and just, you know, be quiet on the train or on the bus. So we are caught in a paradox. It's not easy. To successfully transition, we must embrace change with a positive possibility of settling, well, of setting a new and perhaps better way of being and living. So the big idea, the title for today's sermon is Self in Transition. And the big idea is this. To transit well, we need to anchor who we are in God despite the many changes around us. Big idea, we need to anchor who we are in God despite the many changes around us. And the passage you want to consider today is from the Psalms. It's Psalm 61. And you know I like Psalms because Psalms cover a whole range and a whole breadth of life experiences uh, from, from a baby shower to a, a wedding and even to a funeral. And so a Psalm is just is a very, very good antidote, very good for us even in this season. Okay, uh, Psalm 61, I, I want us to read once through. And this psalm is really a typical psalm. It's, it starts with a section on prayer, and section on uh, God's answer, and then a section on the person, the psalmist responds to God's answer to him. Alright? So let's read. The, the, bit, the opening line is for the music director on a string instrument. He's talking to you, Pastor Victor. So a Psalm of David, verse 1. Hear my cry, God, give your attention to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Sila. Verse 5. For you have heard my vows, God. You have given me the inheritance of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life. His years will be like generations. He will sit enthroned before God forever. Appoint faithfulness and truth that they may watch over him. Verse 8, So I will sing praise to your name forever, that I may pay my vows day by day. While well, we do not know exactly the exact circumstance that the psalmist was going through, we do know something. We do know that he was desperate. We do know that he needed help. We do know that he was uncertain about the future. He was not sure where he was going to get the resources, not the motivation to keep himself moving on. So let's learn from him, from this psalmist, how we too can now anchor or find our anchor in God. Right? Three, three main points. The first main point is this. We need reliance before resilience, okay? We need reliance before resilience. What is resilience? Resilience is is simply defined as the ability to bounce back and adapt after facing adversity or setback. Resilience, right? So no doubt you have heard this word, that we need to be resilient, okay? But the the thing about this word, if if resilience begins with us and depends solely on us, what happens uh, when, when the pressure is too much and the stress is too much and we buckle, you know, under the pressures? If it was just us, how many times do we need to bounce back? And how many times is already too many times to bounce back? And so, before resilience, we need something else. We need to look for someone that is beyond us. That is no, not limited by our human limitations. Some help that's outside of ourselves. So we see how the psalmist starts this song. Verse 1, he says, hear my crying. God, give your attention to my prayer. Now you notice the way he, he uh, puts this, everybody can pray, everybody will cry out because when we're desperate. His prayer is not that, that you know, he cries out. His prayer is that his cry will be heard. You know. His prayer is hear my cry. I'm coming before you. I'm crying out to you, God. Give your attention to my prayer. Is there somebody who will hear? Is there somebody who will pay attention? And even if you can hear and pay attention, are you able to help? So, but he has confidence, God will surely hear and God will surely help. And I can rely on God. This is our first base as a believer. No matter what happens, our first base is what? Our first base is prayer. It's not the last resort, it's the first resort. And we pray Not just the prayer, we pray asking God to incline His ear to us, to heed our crying. So important. Okay, then he says, verse 2, from the end of the earth. Now we know this COVID-19 in recent history is the most isolating event known to us. Self-isolation, social distancing. Many people are suffering alone, surviving alone, overcoming alone, grieving alone, mourning alone, left alone, and a few people actually died alone. So it is literally the end of the earth, you know. As far away as as we know from the life we know and from the comfort we know from the routines that we know. And so we are far from what life was physically, emotionally, psychologically, mentally, and spiritually, you know. We are at the end of the earth." So he recognized that he was at the end of the earth. So what did he do? He said, I call to you. In your greatest need, who do you call? Who do you naturally call? Who do you have on your old phone and the speed dial? Who do you have? Do you have someone you can call upon? A friend? You know this old song? He said, uh, there's something strange in the neighborhood. Who are you going (laughs) to call? right, right there's a new virus in the universe, who are you going to call? King Jesus. King Jesus. That Jesus must always be on your speed dial. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. And then it says, continues, when my heart is faint. If there's one word that can describe the state we are in, is this word overwhelmed. That's what the word faint means, you know, overwhelmed. We are overwhelmed. doesn't matter uh, whatever the age, whatever the gender, whatever the race, at the home, at the work fronts, governments, economies, uh, medical professionals, the the healthcare system, they're all overwhelmed all over the world. So what happens when our heart, this part of us, this hidden part that only God knows, what happens, ah, when it is faint, when it is overwhelmed. You see, from the outside, we can't tell, right? Because we we always project a calm exterior. Everything is under control. But what happens when inside is breaking up? When your heart is overwhelmed, what can you do? I I tell you why we are also overwhelmed. Because we are used to wearing many hats, alright? And we are quite good at coping with many hats because we will always change. Uh, change to a hat that's appropriate. But because of a pandemic, we can't change fast enough. And so the hat start piling up uh, and it's, it will threaten to, to topple completely. So see this example of uh, this career woman. The career woman switches from employee to team leader, to mother, to wife, to conflict uh, resolver, to house manager, to master chef, to home scheduler, to computer expert, to voice artist, to Oscar-worthy camera-ready actor. All at a drop off a hat. And we can't help to say, oh, hats off to you because that will make it worse. So to say that we are overwhelmed is really an understatement. So we need to notice, the psalmist is at the end of the earth, he is overwhelmed. So what does he do? continues praying, lead me to the rock. Don't come and tell me it's Dwayne Johnson. It's not that rock. We need a rock that's a solid rock immovable, unchanging, dependable to help us in this crisis. And the word rock simply means creator, saviour, sustainer, deliverer. This is the rock. He says, lead me to this rock. Because without an anchor, when everything around us encircles us, you know they can cause us to be shipwrecked at, at any time. We need an anchor. Let's see what else. He said, lead me to the rock, not just any rock. He said, the rock that is higher than I. A rock that is higher than I. It means a rock that's other than us, different from us, not us. Some A rock that is higher that we can take refuge in, we can cling on to, we can scale. But you see, the operative word is this, lead me. Lead me to the rock because I can't go there myself. It's too hard to climb. It's unreachable. If you do not lead me, in, as I pray to God, God, if you don't lead me, I will never get to this rock. But I need to get to this rock that's higher. You have to lead me." Now, what does he pray this prayer? Because the passage in the Bible, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, in this passage alone, which is the final address of of Moses to Israel, eight times the word rock is used. So it's a definitive passage about what rock means. Out of this eight times, five times is the capital R, rock. The other rock One is a real rock, the other two rocks are the small R rock. And so, why was Moses bringing this up? He said, in the future, you will reject your rock. You You will reject your rock, you will abandon your rock, you will desert your rock for the small rock, for the small rock. So, he says, Lord, I'm not going to be like that. I want the big R rock. I can't, I can't, I don't want any small R rock That's not going to help me. I want you to lead me to a big R, the big rock that you are. And then he says something, eh? Uh, verse 3. For you have been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against the enemy. He said, God, I followed you, the big R, all my life. You have done this before. I have confidence that you will do it again. You will be my refuge. You will be the tower of strength against the enemy. What's the enemy? Anything that comes that is hostile, Uh, towards our existence, our survival, our life. He said, you have been. I believe that you will. And so, verse 4, he says, let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. I love this prayer, this part of the prayer, because he says, let me. You see, to, to rely on God is not to command God or to declare things will happen. God, you will do this for me. He says, Lord, Permit me, you know. allow me, let me dwell. And the word dwell is the word for an alien. And the word tent is clear. You know, he has the idea of the tabernacle or the temple, the tent of God. And many people look at the tent as intrusion into Israel's life. You know, why is this big tent? There's a big tabernacle. We always must serve the tabernacle. And that's a, that's a problem. But he realizes that the tent is not the alien. The tent is not the intrusion. He is the intrusion. He is the intruder. He is the alien. Because remember the Edenic picture is God's presence and then us. So the tabernacle was the sign of God's presence and us. So when, when the psalmist says, let me dwell as an alien, as a sojourner in your tent, in your presence forever. I cannot ask for it. You have not just lead me, but you have to invite me, God. You have to invite me so that I become privileged and I have a right to dwell in your tent. So then he says, not just let me dwell in your tent, but let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. The word shelter is the word about secret places or hidden places Sometimes in, the, in a COVID situation like this, we want to say, God, help me be, help me to stand strong and proud. You know, stand against all the waves. Uh, this virus, no problem, I stand. But sometimes we need to do the other thing. We say, God, it's just too overwhelming. Can you hide me in a secret place where nobody can find me? It doesn't matter whether you, God will lead you through a dry, dry land or through raging waters, right? Or through standing proud or through hidden... As long as you know God is with you, you can rely on Him. It doesn't matter how He's going to bring you through. You know one thing, He is going to bring you through. And that's the most important thing. Amen. Rely on God before trying to be resilient. So are you feeling overwhelmed today? Are you feeling worn out, faint, feeble, weary, worried? Are you affected by a family situation, a work situation, a health condition? money problems, or a host of underlying issues that have surfaced because of this pandemic, Remember your first resort, not your last resort. Call to God in prayer. So to anchor oneself in God, we must exercise reliance before resilience. We know resilience is going to be very important, but we need to start at the right place. Reliance before resilience. What's the important difference? It is this, our trust will be in God and not ourselves. Just to be resilient is just up to you. Resilience won't cut it when things are out of our control and kill it. So we need a tower, a tower, a rock that is higher, wiser, stronger than us. Amen? Sila Sounds like but well, It doesn't mean that. Sila. Actually, nobody knows what this word means. Really nobody knows. Is it a musical term? Is it a term to say pause? Which is what we need to do. Pause to do what? Your whole range. Pause to ponder about God's grace, His wonderful grace. Pause in your life. When it gets too overwhelming, things are rushing by, you need to pause button. Sila. you know. Ponder about His grace. Maybe then, praise Him for His goodness. Second P. Praise Him. Third, you can get loud now. Proclaim His glory, you know. All this comes under the possibility of Sila. When when you're touched by the truth of God, you just cannot contain. You just have to, wow, that's overwhelmingly good. You know, not overwhelmingly bad. So Sila, it's a good thing for us to pause. Don't just let life go on relentlessly, you know. Pause. Ponder. Praise. Proclaim. And then we're ready for the second point. First point was, Reliance before resilience. Second point, hope beyond healthy optimism. What is healthy optimism? It's like this. You know this picture? This was a a World War II slogan that the British government had three messages Um, and they wanted to use this in case they were invaded by the Germans. But they never had to and so nobody... Uh, really talk about this, is this thing, keep calm and carry on. Until in the year 2000 and somebody found it and he has become uh, a mantra for some people, uh, just, just chill, don't worry, take your chill pill, it's okay. The worst is over, the, the better or the best is yet to come. So, keep, keep calm and carry on. So, healthy optimism has this, the positive outlook about one's future that motivates us to forge forward. Okay? So, while having op- healthy optimism, is a good positive outlook, but nobody really knows what's going to happen next year. The things that we used to uh, do before COVID, will these things continue? What are some things that will uh, be adapted? What are some things that will be so new that we have never even tried before? And so, we need a hope that is stronger than positive vibes uh, or can-do spirit, you know, just to rouse yourself, more than clever slogans, more than a song and a dance. And so the psalmist tells us how he how we can get there, how we can have a hope that is so sure. Verse 5: For you have heard my vows, God. So somewhere along the way, his prayer for God to hear him, and his prayer for God to allow him to dwell in his tents has become a vow. What's the difference between a vow? A vow is God, answer me so that I can fulfill my calling for you. Or uh, answer me so that I can testify. So there's a vow. You know, if you do this, then I will do this. I don't know how many of you remember the, the sermon on Jacob when, when he was uh, fleeing from his brother. He said, if you will do this, God, then I will do this. And since you do this, then I will do this. So I will do this, you know. So is this thing. He has made a vow before God and God has heard his vows. So as Christians, what is the basis of our hope when we pray? Okay, is it the strength of our vows? Is it the earnestness of our plea? Or is it the eloquence of our words? Mm, not at all. This portion tells us it's always the sufficiency of Jesus' name. Okay, let's read, continue. continue on this verse, verse 5. For you have heard my vows, God. You have given me the inheritance of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life. His years will be like generations. He will sit enthroned throne before God forever. Forever. The psalmist might or might not have known this, but he was actually writing prophetically about a king. Not himself, but about the son of David. But not just about any son of David, it's about the Messiah, Christ. Because nobody fulfilled this. He alone inherits the land and the nations forever. He alone is resurrected to eternal life. The verse says, right, the king will prolong his life. That means life upon life, days upon days, and generation upon generation. That means his days will not cease, you know. That's only Jesus, and He sits enthroned at the right hand of His Father forever. So our hope is based on who? On Jesus Christ. Of course, the next verse says, next part of the verse says, appoint faithfulness and truth that they may watch over Him. This one definitely tells us it's Jesus because John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glorious as of the Son, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And the word here, has the word, is faithful, faithfulness, loving kindness, mercy and grace. All wrapped up in this word. So you see that in Jesus, it was, this thing was weighed out, was appointed out, was portioned out to Him. Grace and truth. So definitely this is the Lord that he was prophesizing about the psalmist. But I want you to note this word. In verse 5, it says this word, the word given. He said, ne? you have heard my vows. You have given me the inheritance of those who fear your name, right? What is this word given? This word given means personally delivered. And not so long ago in the, in the CB, during the CB, what happens? We order food, right? And the food was delivered to us. And some sometimes, Praise God, some of you ordered for us here. You know, and then suddenly we were surprised by food. You know. and, and some of you not only ordered food, you hand delivered the food to our door. So I know something about what this means uh, to be given, to be handed. You know. The Father hand delivered the inheritance to His beloved Son. How does this help us? You see, Jesus was so optimistic. You know. Like, oh, I've got a good feeling about this, that when I die, the Father will raise me up, you know. It's not a good feeling, you know. It was a given. It was already a given. It was something that was undisputed. It was a truth that will not change. You know. It's a given. So the psalmist also is not optimistic because his hopes are pinned on circumstances changing, or himself doing better tomorrow, or on the newly developed uh, vaccines. Or do you expect to turn around or upturn, you know? But what was his confidence? That God had heard, that God knew his address, and that God had hand delivered the answer. And that God alone will add days upon days, life upon life, generations upon generations to us. Because God alone is our rock, our refuge, our shelter, our tower of strength. This is the confidence that the psalmist had. This is the confidence that the Lord Jesus showed. What about us? To move from optimism, even healthy optimism, to hope is to rest our confidence on nothing less than God. Not on the circumstances changing, because God is ever good and God is, and Christ is ever enough. So to anchor oneself in God, we must have a hope beyond healthy optimism. What's the difference? The important difference is this. Our hope now is in Christ, not the change of circumstances. What happens if the change of circumstance doesn't come early enough? So will your hope dwindle? Will your hope vanish? No, no, no. Our hope is secure in Christ. Even if there's no change yet, our hope is not shaken because God is above and beyond every circumstance. What happens when you hope in Christ? We put our eyes on the Lord and we look to Him and and we know that He's watching us. He's giving us grace and truth. Grace to embrace us when we need that and truth to correct us if we swear. So in Christ, we we, we cannot lose. We will not lose. In Christ, we have everything to gain and nothing to lose. Okay, so two things. He talked to us, reliance before resilience. And then we need a hope beyond just healthy optimism. What's the last thing? We need gratitude besides greed. Greed. What is greed then? Eh? You know, experts will be able to tell us when this whole pandemic will be over, when we can have some semblance of normalcy. Nobody is able to tell us. And so when something like that is, is prolonged, we need something called perseverance. We need something called greed. And so the old saying doesn't work now, you know. When we tell uh, employees, we say, oh, work smart, not hard, nah. right? That doesn't work because we really need to work hard. And many times when it's prolonged, we we are tempted to follow the T-shirt. The T-shirt said, uh, they say, follow your dreams. So I went back to sleep. So, you know, we do need greed. What is greed? Greed is the sustained efforts required that make the difference between those who want to succeed and those who actually and eventually succeed. You see this snail? It's a big thing for, for the snail to do, but he's just actually crossed over just a pencil, you know. He, got a long, he has a long, long way to go. Greed says, just greet your teeth, green, bite the bullet, you know, just stay on. But besides greed, the psalmist tells us something that is as powerful to help us sustain efforts. What is it? It's the attitude and the gratitude and the quality of, uh, the attitude and the quality of gratitude. It's gratitude. You see, greed requires us to hold on, to press on, to push forward. Gratitude helps us to see the extraordinary in the mundane, the joy in the routine, and the hand of God in the events of every day. When we are stuck in a rut, what helps? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the grease that unstuck us in our ruts. So we find that in the lockdown and all that, we've seen many, many examples of virtual choirs all over the world. Yeah, you can't stop us. We still want to praise God. We still want to declare God's glory. Why? Because we know gratitude is as powerful as great. Verse 8, the last verse, the Swami says, "'So I will sing praise to your name forever, that I may pay my vows day by day.'" Sometimes forever is such a long time, you know, we don't know how forever is. Uh, wait till forever, lah. wait until then I'll do. But He doesn't say that. So that I may pay my vows, what? day by day. Because God has delivered him, the psalmist said, I will fulfill my vows, but not with reluctance. He's doing it with gratitude. Because the word that says praise is the word that has music to it. It's a joyful, audible, musical praise. And so if you hold up a coin, if one side is great, the other side must be gratitude. The other side must be gratitude. Because Gratitude helps us to forge on doing whatever is necessary for the moment without always checking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? If you're asking all this, uh, are we there yet? Are we finished? You will, never, you will never be happier. So he said, no, keep on. It is with a grateful heart that we can and we will see the good among the bad, the salvageable among the discarded, the small progress despite the long hours, and the cultivation of patience, long suffering and endurance without which Greed is unattainable. We need a heart of gratitude. Amen. Okay, uh, let's look. Somebody, somebody else. Let's quote from this Dr. Robert Emmons. Dr. Robert Emmons is the worst leading scientific expert on gratitude. And we must be grateful for that. Okay, what he said. He said, Gratitude is good medicine. Clinical trials indicate that the practice of gratitude can have dramatic and lasting effects in the person's life. It can lower blood pressure and improve immune function. And so unsurprisingly, gratitude is not just only good for the soul, for the mental, for the emotional, for the psychological. It is also good for us physically. Okay? Gratitude is a very powerful tool in reframing life. Sherry Gordon says this, Being grateful is a virtuous quality that allows you to not only see the best in other people, but in your own life. So there's this part about gratitude, the aspect of gratitude that leads to self-care. And that's the whole point about self in transition. How do we have self-care? You see, she said something very powerful. She said, being grateful is a virtuous quality that allows you not to only see the best in other people, but also in yourself. You see, in the pandemic, in the crisis, what happens, we usually go for blame. You want to blame somebody. Who did this? Somebody from another country. Who did this, right? We always blame somebody. And then if we are bold enough, and we are troubled enough, we even blame God, you know. Right? God, don't you know? Don't you know last year was supposed to be a 70th year anniversary for Grace Assembly? (laughs) What happened? Or some people will blame themselves. Okay? But gratitude helps us to overcome this, to have appropriate self-care. Okay, I'm going to use the American Heart Association's. Um, they have come up with this. I'm ad- adapting from them. They have come up with five simple ways to help you and I practice gratitude. Daily gratitude from the heart. And so you can remember this because it's based on the acronym H-E-A-R-T. So the first thing, health. What about health? Health is what the question is asked, what did your body do for you today? I thought it was the other way. What did you do to your body today? <laughs> no. It's the other way. It's what your body, you know. So we've got to listen to the body. The body is a very, very smart. God has made us fully functional. Let this body not give up prematurely. So we need to listen to the body. We need to hear what the body is telling us. So we need to have enough rest, enough sleep, enough exercise. So that what we can do, the first thing, we can thank God for good health. Okay, your body. And you know, your body is very powerful because If I'm not feeling well, I don't have the heart to pray, right? I don't have the heart to worship God. It's this, of course, we say, oh, it's mind over matter. You can always overcome. Yeah, but the body is is a very loud voice. You you kind of like listen or limited by the body's progress. Second, eat. So what did you feed yourself? What what did you feed your body to nourish yourself today? To prepare for the long haul, we have got to watch what we are putting inside. I know some of us ingest food for enjoyment. Uh, but let's also do the other thing. Offer your body something nutritious, eh, so that all the energy, all the enzymes, eh, when they digest, is something worthwhile eh, to your body, alright? Because your body will thank you later. So eat. Thank God for food and the ability to digest. I know some people during the CB, eh, not only were they binge-watching, they were also binge-eating. So we need to watch. Okay, so after, after a while, we, we know how to balance. We say, okay, no, that's not good. We take that out. Eat what, only what is good. Okay, three, activity. What did you do that you really enjoyed today? So in the midst of all the things that we need to do, and we say maybe it's too much to do, that we don't have time for recreation, we don't have time for relaxation. But then we go back to the first point. is reliance before resilience. If I really believe in God, then I would say, God, I need to do what is right. I need to get outdoors. I need to get some fresh air. I need to get some sunshine and so before this, I could never do this with my wife. We could never uh, have evening walks. But we, have, we are doing that as many times a week as we can. So that you know, by the time we go out, we talk, we walk, you know, and then we might have dinner or have dinner and then walk. Whatever it is, uh, it's just a good soul thing. Uh. This activity helps refresh. So thank God for the simple things that bring joy. And even merry condo that spark joy. Uh, things that give you joy. You need that. You and I need that. Fourth, relationships. What, whom do you look forward to connecting with? Whom do you look forward to connecting with? Real people need real people. Virtual connection is never enough. We really need actual connections. Now, the funny thing is this. Remember the Spiritual Realm series, we say the struggle, our struggle is, is uh, it's not with flesh and blood. Our struggle is with things that are unseen, right? But in the relationships, our struggle is really with flesh and blood. We don't want virtual. We must really come and then connect with people as best as we can. I know it's not always possible. But then when we do that, what are we thinking of? We are thanking God that we are able to connect and bless others. Because I've been staying home more, I get to know my neighbours. I get to know who they are. You know, every now and then I'm thinking, what, what, what can I do you know, to just help them along, just to, you know, encourage them. Simple, simple things. So we can bless others. By all means, wear our masks, comply with safe management measures, get vaccinated, be socially responsible. These are things that we can do. Third, I mean the fifth, time. The question is asked, what are you doing right now? I mean, not right now. Right now. You see, this is attributed to uh, Martin Luther, the monk. Uh, But he didn't say this. But it's a well-known saying. As though he said this, uh, he said, if I knew the world was to end tomorrow, I would still plant an apple tree today. You see, I'm not going to let tomorrow stop me from what I need to do today. Jesus said, work while it's day. Night comes and nobody else can work. So, well, well, as long as it is day, we can bring betterment to others. We can have time to share. It is the time to share the Gospel, to show somebody's God's love, to pray for a family member in need maybe, to draw a friend closer to Christ or to plant a seed. So we can always be grateful. Thank God for opportunities to serve Him. So, okay, to anchor oneself in God, we must have gratitude besides greed. What's the difference? The important difference is this, we persevere not because failing or dying is not an option, but because living is. Psalm 150, the last verse of the Psalms, Psalm 150 verse 6, let everything that has breath, what? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We persevere today, we can be grateful because we have life. As long as we have life, we will praise the Lord. So don't lose heart. Remember the words of Nehemiah? He said, do not be grieved, for the, for the joy of the Lord is your, it's your strength. So not just greet, you know, grit your teeth and try to do it, but gratitude. Gratitude. We need gratitude. Okay, look at this uh, Charlie Brown. He said, no matter how stressed you are, remember how blessed you are. No matter how stressed you are, remember how blessed you are. So it is not, it is certainly not an easy time for anybody. That's why we have reach. Hope is within reach and, and that's why we have Grace Helpline because we know people do need help. Today, I've I've used 30 minutes from the standpoint of, uh, from theological standpoint of how we can anchor ourselves in God. Yeah, we do need a full range, a multi-pronged approach to help all of us. But we must start here. We must start with God and us. Amen. So I don't know how you're doing today, and I'm, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray with you. While it's good to have uh, resilience Good to have a healthy optimism, better than uh, pessimism, definitely. And to and to acquire grit and perseverance. But we need something more than that. So as look at our lives today as we've been bombarded with, uh, you know, the COVID and we don't know how long. Three questions I want to ask, who are you reliant on today? Is it just yourself? You need to look outside of yourself because yourself, it will not be enough. Who are you reliant on? I hope your answer is God. Where is your hope placed? Not on the changing circumstance or hoping tomorrow is will you know will it's definitely better be better. What happens if it doesn't change? Do you, have you lost hope? No, we will not lose hope if our hope is in Christ. It is secure. Whatever the weather, whatever the circumstance, through the valley, through the mountains, my hope is there because it's not in me. It's in Christ and He keeps it for me. And lastly, the question is, how is your gratitude today? How, how, you know, it's easy to gripe. It's easy to complain. easy to say, this, this is, you know, the problem of this person. This is the problem of uh, so-and-so. That's why we are here today. But what is your level of gratitude? Because gratitude changes how we look at life. And so the psalmist says, so I will praise you. I will praise your name forever that I may pay my vows day by day. It's not Tomorrow, let's do it now. Let's praise the Lord. And so I'm going to give us a little time. Close your eyes and just reflect on this. Are you reliant on God? Where's your hope? Is it in Christ, unshakable, unmovable? And how's your heart of gratitude? Are you really thankful to God in everything? Not for everything, but in everything. Hallelujah. Just come before God. <laughs> Oh God, we turn our thoughts to You. We turn our hearts to You now. Father, we are overwhelmed. I confess that because we don't know how long this is going to take. We don't know the impact on our resources. We don't know how much we have to last, how long we, we have to help us last. And so Father, we are in a dilemma. And so nobody looking right now. As I close, I want to pray for those of you. you you're telling me, Pastor, I'm really overwhelmed." And if you that person, nobody should be looking, just quickly raise up your right hand so I can include you in prayer. Is there anyone? You feel that you're over? Yes, I see one hand, yes. Anyone else? Yes, I see, yeah, on my left and on my right, Yep. Or you know somebody who is overwhelmed and you say, oh, pastor can pray for that someone Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a colleague. And you can also raise, put up your right hand and then put it down so I know. Yes, I see that hand. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for those those hands. Why don't we stand as we pray to the Lord. Hallelujah, God. Thank you. Father, we thank you for the psalmist. We thank you for the psalm that is here, Psalm 61. Father, as we look at our situations, Father, we want to pray to you, God, may prayer be our first resort. Lord, may we look to something, someone who is bigger than us, outside of us, not just relying on ourselves, but reliant on the God who can help us. So Father, help us now to utter that prayer, whether it's for ourselves or whether it's for someone we know in need. Help us to lean into you right now, God. Hear our cry, give attention to the prayer that is in our heart. God, we confess that when we are overwhelmed, because we don't have You, God, we don't cry out to You, we don't call out to You, and our heart is overwhelmed. So easily we can be overwhelmed by the things around us, because we lose focus, we lose the ability to concentrate, to do the right thing, we can't think straight. We're running out of breath, dear God. But today we come before You and say, Lord, lead us lead us to the rock. If You don't lead us, we can never get to that rock that is higher than us. It is impossible, Lord. We have tried and we cannot. And so the wisest thing for us to do is ask You, Lord, lead us. Lead my friend who is overwhelmed now. Lead them. Lead the family. Lead the colleague at work. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Let me dwell in Your tent forever, God. Let me know the sweetness of Your presence. When I come before You, when I quiet my heart, Lord God, I know You are here. You are here with me, O God. And I know that because you are here with me, all that I have need of, O God, all my hopes are secure in you and you and you alone, O God. Because that security doesn't depend on me. That inheritance doesn't depend on me at all. It depends solely on you. depends solely on Christ who has done everything to secure sonship and daughtership for us. And so today, Lord, we just come before you. Father, if you've been complaining, if we have been griping over situations, if we've been comparing ourselves with another person, uh, our wellness, with somebody's wellness, today's, Lord, we pray, forgive us. Help us instead to have a thankful heart, a grateful heart. Let everything that has breath not complain. Let everything that has breath praise. Praise the Lord. So Father, that's our cry to You, God. Help us, lead us, and we will sing Your name forever. We will pay our vows to you day by day. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Let's give God our praise offering. Amen.